This is the Action Network Podcast. You can hear the chatter from the crowd. We have a big chance, a big chance to make a run for some big bucks. Three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, Buckets Edition. Thanks for joining us. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleague, NBA Futures Analyst Brandon Anderson, this is your NBA Draft edition of the Action Network podcast. We're going to get you props on the NBA Draft, break down in detail where the value is and what is turning out to be um, a seemingly, as we record this on a Tuesday afternoon, pretty uncertain and volatile situation with the NBA Draft. We'll see if it actually works out that way. Lots to uncover here. We'll try and give you the best intel, sides, value, all of that on today's show. A reminder, everything that you want to know about betting can be found and the award-winning Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks. We'll have NBA draft props in there by the time that Thursday rolls around so you can track your picks on draft night. Should be a good time. All sorts of information on the offseason, win totals, MVP, all sorts of stuff, as well as obviously every sport covered in the award-winning Action Network app. Brandon, we have three days to go before the NBA draft. I guess technically two days, if you want to just do it in terms of linear time. And so... Um, we have a lot to kind of break down here. Let's go ahead and start at the top. So, because that's where most people want to bet, right? Is they want to bet just like the top pick. Who's going number one? They want they want the cliff notes. The the answer I have for you is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's number one, and I don't know that Orlando Magic, who hold the number one pick, I don't know if they know. If they do, they've done a really good job of not telling anybody. Uh, here's what we've seen over the last 36 hours. Sunday afternoon, Paolo Bancaro is plus 1,600 to go number one. Everyone assumed it was Jabari and then Chet, maybe Chet, and then Jabari. But Paolo Bancaro was going to go three to Houston. Houston would love to have Paolo Bancaro. Money starts coming in on Sunday. And Bancaro, by the time that Monday rolls around, has moved to plus 700, plus 900, the books that had those bets open. Superbook opens their NBA draft props for number that day on Monday. They open with Palavan Caro plus 1600. By the time I logged off last night at 1.46 a.m. Eastern time, Palavan Caro was plus 250 or shorter to go number one. An incredible amount of steam to the point where now I'm wondering if the Sharps are betting it down so they can bet Jabari. Um, I'll just ask you this. If somebody's like, I want to put one bet on, on the NBA draft number one, what would you tell them? Well, Matt, you know where I'm going to go on this one because it's back to the same spot I've gone since lottery night. Because all the talk, all the steam is on Paolo. Jabari remains the favorite, has been the whole way along. You know, Jonathan Gavoni's mock just says, every executive I've talked to, every team expects Jabari to go number one. So where am I going? Option D, the third guy, Chet Holmgren. I still think Chet, as a connection to John Hammond there, makes a lot of sense. The, the guys at the Orlando Magic that know the team best still are very confident in Chet being a, a strong fit for the team. And here's the thing, because all the movement has come in on Paolo and Jabari is still strong, Chet has dropped and is now at plus 375 on win Oof. bet right now. So this is not me saying, I think Chet Holmgren is going to be the number one pick. Like, yeah, I think it's very possible. We only have implied odds that, what is that? I think 23%. We only need Chet to be the number one pick a third of the time in, in what is a three-horse race and a guy that many evaluators have at the top of the class. 
my MO on draft betting is bet on uncertainty. So as all the emotion comes in on one side, I'm taking, you know, where, where the tide has dropped on, I'm going to take chat and just kind of play my odds there. I think there's value on him. I think it's a good bet. Um, so th- there's two questions about what, how you want to, you want to bet the NBA draft. Do you want to bet for certainty or do you want to bet for value? Cause like, we can't tell you like, okay, this number is wrong. This guy's clearly going number one and his value and his number is a plus, but that's not what's happening. Would you agree with me that the most likely scenario is that Jabari Smith still goes number one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do we agree that it's probably like 35% ish in that situation? Like I think yeah, it's closer. I, well, no. Yeah. I'll say this. I, I'd I, put higher than 35. I, I'd say Jabari closer to 50, maybe yeah, like 50 yeah. Jabari and then closer to 25, 25 split for the other two, or maybe, maybe like a 45, 30, 30, my numbers didn't add up. Right. But something like that. Jabari is the favorite. He should be, but not enough for the number he's at. So I wrote this last night in a column that hasn't gone up yet because I'm still gathering uh, info on various things. But, you know, the implied odds for Bancaro at his longest number, which I found last night at plus 250 DraftKings, are 28.6%. And at Holmgren at uh, plus 330, it's now plus 375, but I was offering off of last night's number. Those seem accurately priced. Like a 25% chance for both of those guys seems about right. I would probably put them closer to 55 to 60%. Honestly, if we're talking about it and I put Bancaro maybe 40 to 45% or not Bancaro, but Smith at 40 to 45%. Yeah. The reason is just because I guess a lot of this is we're just, we would be a little bit surprised if so many people were wrong about Jabari being the guy Jabari went in for a workout. To my knowledge, Bancaro has not worked out for the magic, which is an interesting thing to note. Um, Holmgren's medicals have not been released to the magic. So that's, that's a, a thing here. Jabari Smith is, is clearly like the safe pick here and you're getting him at minus 140. So like, I can't tell you that that's a bad bet. I'm just telling you that you're paying juice on a number that I don't think is certain. So yeah. um, that's, that's where we're at with the number one pick. And honestly, the number two and the number three, because there are consequences <laughs> all, all the way down. Um, let's go to one of your best bets. Give me one of your best bets for the NBA draft. Well, let's stay near the top then, because like you said, people like to go on the names we know at the top. So a name that you know, if you are listening to an NBA draft episode is Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray was, is the, a known quantity coming out of Iowa. He is a great combo forward. I am fading the, the popular opinion right now. I'm taking Keegan Murray over five and a half draft position. I'm getting that at plus 190 at DraftKings right now. So the five and a half is heavily juiced to the under. I know we on our Buckus podcast that just dropped, we had Sam Vecini on. Sam talked a lot about Kings at four and the Pistons at five, both having interest in Keegan Murray. We're seeing a lot of that from a lot of places. So clearly Keegan is a name in that four, five, six, seven range that he's going to be expected to go there. Again, I'm playing the value here. So plus 190, I'm getting almost two to one on a chance he falls out. Here's the thing. Look, we just said Jabari and Chet and... I'm blanking. Who's our third big guy? And Paolo. Jabari, Chet, Paolo are in the top five. We know Jaden Ivey is going to go four or five. Like, we're almost certain four of our top five picks are locked in. That leaves one spot for Keegan Murray. Keegan is the fifth of the five guys to go in there. That's just a very narrow outcome to be betting on. And Keegan Murray, he's going to turn 22 in August. That would make him the second oldest top five pick in the last nine drafts. He's a bit of a tweener that works better in the modern NBA, but some of the advantages he had 
in Iowa spacing and in the post are not going to be there in the NBA. I just, I can see a case for Benedict Matherin to get in the top five. I could see Dyson Daniels or Shaden Sharp to get in there. I could see the Kings or Pistons trading out for veterans. And if they're trading for veterans, they're probably trading for a team looking for a young upside swing. That reads to me more Sharp, Daniels, or Matherin than it does Keegan Murray. So I'm just going to stick to my position here. I'm, I'm fading Keegan Murray. I'll take the over. So I have the under on Keegan Murray, but like, I'm very worried that you're going to, you're going to catch this. And I'm going to be wrong. I'm, I'm concerned about it. And there, here's why the Kings are making a big to do about, we really love Keegan Murray. Like Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN reported that uh, owner Vivek Rodive has taken a liking to Murray. If that is smoke, it's to get somebody to trade up, right? It's to get somebody to trade up and take that pick. It's like, Hey, we really like this guy. We might just take him. Better, better, better offer in. Might just take him. And there's still kind of like an idea of, of that's the case from a lot of people that I've talked to. Ben Matherin is gaining a little bit of steam. So I think there's probably value on Matherin's under. Uh, the key here is Ivy. Is that no. there's a discrepancy, much like, honestly, I didn't mention this, but like much like with the top three, if you look at most of the big boards, a lot of the big boards have Bancaro number one. They're like, yeah, I think Bancaro is probably like the best player on the board. But they don't have him mocked at number one, which doesn't make any sense. A lot of these same big boards have Ivy number four, right? But the Kings, yeah. like, it's very clear the Kings are not drafting Ivy. Ivy's comments about, like, it basically, it would be the worst situation, okay? And then it just seems very unlikely that with De'Aaron Fox, they're going to go that route, right? With such a high-value pick, you're trying to build an, a win-now situation. Why are you going to take another point guard? Because everyone kind of forgets, like, you know, Davion Mitchell is, is hanging around there at guard as well. So the idea is that if somebody trades up, they might take Ivy. And now we're down to one spot for five and a half. And that's Detroit, who also may trade the pick. But if they keep it, Matherin seems pretty likely. I know the Pistons are interested in Matherin, but they also like Murray. Like Murray is like there too. But now we're in a real coin flip situation and you're getting a plus number on it. So like I have to say at this point, not that I dislike my bet. I think I'm okay on it. Like I still think that Murray has gotten enough, enough interest from enough teams because that was my equation was I know that there are, I know I've heard the Spurs and the Pacers are both very high on Murray and looking to trade up and don't think they can get him because he's becoming that valuable. I tend to bet the under on those guys. Cause it's like Josh Giddy last year where Josh Giddy went from like Josh Giddy got like 16, 17. Well, you know, I might go 11. People really like him to OKC takes him in the top six. So it's like, you know, there, there's all these kind of opportunities um, to track that movement. And Murray's a guy that's getting that now, but we have two days to go. And if somebody else gets hotter between now and the draft, Murray might be, be the guy that falls. Uh, give me another one of your best bets. Yeah, I'll just add to that too. Benedict Matherin, you can get him at five to one right now to be the number five pick. I had that at 10 to one a day ago in my, in my uh, betting mock draft. I think there's still value in that five to one there. He seems to be the other guy if they don't take Keegan Murray and keep the pick at number five. So I think that if, if you like that angle, that's a way to get a little more juice to it. My favorite prop on the board right now is Akshay Agbaji over 13 and a half. So here's the case. I like Agbaji. This is not a pick against or for the player's talent. I think Agbaji to number 14 to the Cleveland Cavs. I think that is a very strong fit for them. The Cavs bring in a wing shooter, a ready-made guy. Agbaji is 22. He's a knockdown shooter. He just won a national championship for Kansas. Again, known commodity. And we've seen 
a lot of these like blue chip school known commodity guys go right around the fringe lottery. So I think this number is very sharp at 13 and a half. I like Cavs at 14. I like Hornets at 15. Charlotte loves to bring in those blue chip school guys. But to me, that's the ceiling. That's where, that's where Akbaji starts to go. Hawks at 16, Wolves at 19. A lot of NBA teams want to bring in a 22-year-old who can play right now and hit, hit shots and defend. That all makes sense. But here are the wings that are going to go ahead of Akshak Baji. We know in the top 10, in all likelihood, Ben Matherin, Johnny Davis, Dyson Daniels, Shaden Sharp, A.J. Griffin. These guys are all definitely ahead of Akbaji. Malachi Branham. He's a guy from Ohio State. He's rising up draft boards. He's a couple years younger. He's three years younger, actually. So you have to bet on where will Branham be three years from now versus Akbaji right now. Usman Jang is the international wing rising. Even guys like Jalen Williams or Pat Baldwin Jr. High potential guys. I wouldn't be shocked to see go ahead of Akbaji. It's a lot of wings. That is a lot of guys that he has to go in front of like half of them to get into the lottery 13 or above. So I like the over 13 and a half. I want to grab that number though, because it's starting to rise and I do not want it to slip to 14 and a half or I lose that Cavs possibility. But that is my favorite pick available right now. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting here is if you were to go under, it would try to think about who would go, who would fall. Right. And I think that the most likely candidates are probably AJ Griffin and, and Shaden Sharp. Those are probably the two yeah, that I would, I, I would so. kind of point to and go, because I don't think Johnny Davis slips. I don't think, um, I don't Mathurin's think not going to slip. Dyson Daniels will slip. Top 10. Uh, so I think in general, yeah. I think that there's probably a, it's somebody took a Baji for the certainty rather than the immense question marks with AJ Griffin's health or with Shaden Sharp, yeah. just the unknown. That's what, that's the scenario. Yeah. yeah. And, but I think in, in general, you're fine because Branham is getting a lot of, of buzz too. Yeah. I would be surprised if Sohan did not go before uh, Agbaji. So if yeah. Agbaji One, went before Sohan. For me, this is a, really, this is kind of a three-way bet. This is a bet on Malachi Branham and a bet on Usman Jang. Like they're two of my favorite late yeah. risers. And this is a bet on, I think one or both of those guys get ahead of Akbaji and that this is a kind of a similar position thing. So it's a way for me to bet on those guys by not betting on them and betting on Akbaji to be the, the faller out of the group. All right. So think about the, oh, let's talk about Jang. So, cause that's one of mine. Uh, yeah. Uzman Jang yeah. under, I think that it's, look, Ryan Rossello talked about this on the Simmons podcast. And so it's been steamed, right? And he said, yeah. basically that there's like, that there's a team that is going to get him. Uh, I bet him actually, I went a little bit further. I think I'm top 10. I, I went a top 10 and plus 225 because I think that there's been enough buzz around him to justify taking a plus 225. I don't think that I'm like, he's absolutely going 225. This is a lock one. That's not what we do here. But two, I do think that a lot of these guys are a little bit fluid. Um, I could see somebody talking them into to one of the other kind of like moves, but I do think that Usman Jang has an again when we hear that one team wants him i think that generates a reinterest in other teams looking at him and they wind up going a little bit higher so i like Usman jing top 10 plus 225 yeah i like jing a lot i've been looking at him it, you know, if you want him you're gonna have to buy him real fast because his over under has been at 13 and a half but just this morning tuesday morning that got steamed up it's basically gone now you can't bother betting at the juice i'm seeing at caesars the over under is 12 and a half on him at bet 365, the over-under is 10 and a half. So you have to bet the under just to get into the top 10, just straight up for, for uh, Usman Jang there. So 
He is in a draft. You know, I've talked a lot about Shaden Sharp and the allure of the unknown young upside. Usman Jang is quickly becoming one of those guys. Kind of, he he is supposedly grew an inch or two over the last half of the season. He broke out playing for New Zealand. Teams are getting more and more comfortable, I think, with drafting guys that played overseas in New Zealand in that league. You know, that's where Lamelo came from. Like, where we're getting guys who are success stories coming out from over there. So I don't mind it. I, I think that's a pretty strong bet. San Antonio at nine would be an interesting pick if they don't get Keegan as they're trying to go for him. Uh, just to kind of be patient with them. I could see the Wizards at 10 grabbing him. Or like you said, there's rumors of a promise. And and who's the promise? We don't know. A lot of people think the Thunder at 12, that's a no good for you because we missed the top 10. But if other teams think the promise is at 12, maybe they trade up ahead of them. And then that's the spot where you get your top 10 pick. By the way, as you're listening to this, Brandon did something really awesome. He did. He put together a really awesome post. That was my idea. Uh, and what he did was he did a mock draft <laughs> Uh, of picks. So you've got a mock draft that goes through the entire mock draft, but it's got a value pick on every single position. Even if there's a few that are passes, you get a prop basically to bet at almost every single spot. Check it out on the action network app right now. Um, in that you have AJ Griffin going number 10 to the Washington wizards. I've been high on AJ Griffin for some time. He's a guy that I heard very early on was in talks for like to go way, way high. That's fallen off. I think a little bit, understandably, some concerns about the knee injury in high school, but I haven't heard anything that's been like a ooh, real big red medical, you know, medical red flag on him. Uh, and the only thing I've heard from people whenever I've asked about him is absolutely incredible shooter, just an absolutely incredible shooter. That guy's going to get buckets in the NBA uh, over under was a 10 and a half and moved to 11 and a half. I bet a 10 and a half and 11 and a half. I think, there's a, a chance that somebody takes a, a, a shot on him in the top 10. Now I'm getting tight here. Cause if I think that if I think Bancaro, Smith, <laughs> Chet, Ivy, Murray, Matherin, Jang, that's seven. Dyson Daniels. Dyson that's Daniels. Eight. That's eight. <laughs> I'm running out of slots here. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that there's a little bit of value on AJ Griffin, especially I think at 11 and a half, I'll say this. I think 11 is a stopping point. I think it's very, I've bet Knicks to take him at plus 500. I think there's value on that. That doesn't mean that it's it's like, again, this is all probabilities. But from what I understand, the Knicks are high on A.J. Griffin. It makes sense for him in a spot there. You've also got A.J. Griffin unders. What do you think? Yeah, I do. But talk a little bit about, because you know this side better than me, talk about the, the CAA connection with the Knicks and why that's a particularly good connection for them. Okay, so what you've got as far as the CAA, though, so obviously like, all right, Leon Rose is, runs the team and used to be, Work, work at CAA. Like that's a, a pretty important thing to kind of look at. AJ Griffin is rep by Austin Brown and company at CAA Sports. It's pretty simple here where they, if you have these pre-existing connections, the agencies are, are interwoven through the draft process. They're interwoven through the NBA. They operate, they're the undercurrent, right? And so when you have these types of connections, if there's a longstanding connection between agents and a GM, it just kind of greases the wheels and it makes it less shaky like one of the reasons i think that shade and sharp has gotten zero buzz is because his agent only represents him that's his only agent it's been a guy that, that has known him forever and is now representing him as his agent and there's sometimes issues with you know those kind of connections you don't have that you don't do constant business with somebody and feel like i have to feel like there's a relationship here so my clients get signed or so that i can get guys in for free agency so for me AJ Griffin, I think that there's a strong possibility of him uh, not falling further 
than 11. And I feel good enough to bet that um, on the under. Yeah. So I like the AJ Griffin under. I'm glad you clarified that with it because the Knicks are at 11. That's what the, the position that has moved means that by taking the under, we now get the Knicks too. So I want to specify, I, I, in my betting mock, I took AJ Griffin under 10 and a half because that's what the line was. And it was plus 210. That's still available. That's at DraftKings right now. You can do that. I like better the under 11 and a half, even at plus 120. That's at points bet. I'm losing the juice. You know me, Matt. I don't like to give away the value here. So, you know, I really want the Knicks in the equation because of the things that you just said. AJ Griffin is an elite, elite shot maker. Like this is a guy, his game reminds me watching him of a player like a Devin Booker or a Jimmy Butler. But if Butler actually took the shot, he he is a knockdown three-point shooter. He had almost 50% of his threes this year. And he did that while having fluctuating playing time and while navigating injuries that he came off of from high school and early this season, he's a scalable player. Every NBA team wants a wing that can come in and shoot anywhere close to 50% threes. You're going to come in and play right away. He got seven foot wingspan. A thing too, that I like about him personally, we've seen, especially with Duke and Kentucky players, we see guys get a bit pigeonholed into a role where, okay, Hey, we're all, we only got you for a year, AJ. You're our shooter. Go go be on the wing and knock down shots. And then like, look, Devin Booker from Kentucky. We see him get to the NBA. And it's like, oh, what we put the ball in Devin Booker's hands and he can navigate pick and rolls and he can get the pull up and he can create for others. There's a lot of kind of latent uh, opportunity there with some of these guys. I've seen Griffin as high as top five on big boards out there. Yeah. The injury question mark is real. And I can't speak to that. I don't know what the injury thing is. Maybe that just ends up costing him. But from a talent standpoint, it would be really surprising for me to see the fall him past 11, especially with that next connection they're built on. And you've got one more. We I think we each have one for the later round, uh, a later first round. What's your later first round pick? Yeah, my last one, I'm fading Jaden Hardy. I'll take the over 23 and a half. Jaden Hardy is one of those G League Ignite guys this year. Coming into the season, he was supposedly a possible top five pick. It was kind of like, all right, well, you guys know Jalen Green last year, Jaden Hardy this year. It didn't work out for him. Uh, Jalen Green improved a lot as the season went on. Hardy improved a little, but it's just not quite the same. His size profile is not great. His wingspan and, and his height kind of measurements came up a bit short at uh, the combine. Hardy is already 20 years old, and he has just a really questionable feel for the game. He also has a big difference from Jalen Green. Green is a nuclear athlete. We knew that every time we saw him. Hardy lacks explosion. He has trouble separating. He's had trouble finishing. Really rough shot selection that might be built in a bit to the G League Ignite plan. Like they're trying to develop these guys. So maybe they're encouraging to, you know, do your thing, Jaden. But uh, he shot, I think, 35% from the field for the year. Not from three, from the field. So to me, Jaden Hardy, I think, is a theoretical basketball player right now. And that doesn't stop you from getting drafted. We draft a lot of theoretical uh, basketball players, but uh, to me, Jane Hardy is the reason Shane Sharp didn't play this year. He's the outcome of, hey, tantalizing youth and upside. Oh, that really didn't work out great right now. So I think Harden is slipping a lot. Hardy's going to slip a lot. I wouldn't be stunned if he fell out of the first round entirely at 23 and a half. He can still kind of be a, you know, one of those late good teams, take a flyer on him. I like the over and it's just a guy that I feel like I need to fade right now. 
Yeah, mine is a longer shot. I've got Trevor Keels first round at plus 425. This is a longer shot. Uh, this is based purely on Intel. I've heard, I know three teams in, in the final 10 of the draft that are high on Keels. I've heard his range between 16 and 32. So there's a two spot bump where he winds up outside of this, which I'm fine with taking the risk on that. I don't think that this is like an absolute because once you get past 20, we start to get into like, the boards get a lot longer. The options get a lot wider and you can take more flyers and there's more trades and those types of things. So uh, there's a little bit more risk involved here, but at plus 425 based off of what I've heard is that Trevor Keels out of Duke, out of Duke I'll be honestly, Brandon, just like this is a non-betting thing. I like the Duke guys in this draft. I like Wendell Moore. I like Trevor Keels. Yeah. I like Paolo Bancaro. Like, I think this is a strong Duke draft uh, in terms of these guys. And I always kind of think that if you're getting, like, if you're able to get, it's really interesting because it's like there's Trevor Keels and Christian Braun, and both those guys may not go, you know, top 30, which is a little bit surprising me for guys from marquee programs in a draft that isn't necessarily thought to be as strong. Like that, if yeah. it was a super strong draft, I'd be like, that's how deep it is. Even guys from Duke and Kansas can't get into the top 30. Um, but guys from, I think, established programs, I think there's a little bit more existing relationship there. And there's, to me, that there's a there's value there on Trevor Keels uh, to yeah. go first round plus four twenty five. Yeah, I think a problem with both Brown and Keels is they measured really poorly. And I know mm. I keep bringing that up last like, well, we don't play the game with measurements. Well, you do because you do. wingspan is a, a big thing for defense, especially and getting creation and getting your shots up. So that's been a problem for both of them. Keels is not even nineteen years old yet. Keels is one of the younger players in the draft. I don't like him personally. He's one guy on Duke that I do not like, but that's not the game. The game is when will he get drafted? Here's why I think your bet is a good bet. The very first game of the season, Duke played against Kentucky. It's that uh, it's the opening tournament where they have like Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, and Michigan state every year they play the, it's like college basketball is here. And it's the game that all the NBA executives go to because you get four marquee schools and you get them all in person. All the NBA execs are at that game. Here's what Trevor Keels did in that game. He scored 25 points on 10 of 18 from the field. He was the Duke star. He was the breakout guy in the opening game, the opening night. Now, to be fair, the other star that night was Okshak Baji. So I don't like that considering my bet earlier, but there is real anchoring bias. You see a guy in person, you get a first impression, you fall in love. And I think a lot of people fell in love with Trevor Keels. And only takes one guy to have fallen in love with. Here's what I saw. That's the first thing I saw. And then you kind of, you anchor to that. You add to that your impression later in the year. I think that helps your case a lot for Keels. Uh, I've seen him right on that fringe. It's not where I would draft him, but I think you're getting a really good number. I think that's a really smart long shot bet. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for the Action Network podcast. If you want more draft coverage, oh boy, do you want to go check out Buckets if you're listening for it. We've got Brandon's mock draft over the Action Network app. Just download the app. It's going to be on the NBA page, front page. Start looking at that. I'll have Intel reports Tuesday, probably Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Um, buckets, we talked to Sam Vicente from The Athletic on Monday. That's in your podcast right now. On Wednesday, we're doing a full breakdown with our guy, Luke Swain. We'll have a big podcast on that as our final best bets. We'll have two podcasts for you over on Buckets. It goes way more into deep dives. This should get you set, though. If you have questions, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at HB Basketball. Brandon's at Wheaton Brando, W-H-E-A-T-O-N Brando. Hope you guys enjoy it. Stick around the Action Network podcast as we get set for NFL training camp next month, as well as MLB baseball, UFC, everything you need here on the Action Network podcast. Thanks for joining us. 
Let's get buckets. <laughs>